0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. Joining me today is a transformational coach. She's a mentor, she's a podcaster, she's a fellow human being who has actually experienced some stuff and is willing to share her experience with us to empower and hopefully transform our lives. Welcome, Christina Medina, to Live On Purpose Radio.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. I'm really excited to be here. It's it's very much an honor for me, and I look forward to sharing my story and, and just how I work through it and my discoveries with you and the audience.
0: Isn't it amazing, Christina, as, as we're connecting here today on our podcast, and you and I had a little bit of Chance to visit before we turned on the mics and and went official podcast mode. Isn't it amazing that we're here? Because think back to where you were.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I I do this exercise quite a bit. Quite a bit. Very humbling.
0: You've covered some ground, huh? Mm -hmm. And I have, too. We've all got our own story. I sometimes share that uh, in my book chapter one lightning strikes you know because <laughs> you go along through life and then zap!
1: yeah you're
0: struck by this thunderous bolt of lightning and it takes different forms for different people yeah but you've had a journey that has taught you much and I, I would love to have you just give us a uh, a quick overview or at least summary, the Reader's Digest version, if nothing else, of <laughs> yeah. what your journey has been. What what ground have you covered to get to where you are today?
1: Um, OK, the Reader's Digest version. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born into a family that suffered from multigenerational uh, alcohol and substance abuse and it was basically the result of um, PTSD from being in like Korean War, Vietnam War, um, and, and it went even further back. Our family, um, they were farmers in Kansas, you know, and, and hit very hard times during the Depression. So there were a lot there was a lot of generational um, struggle mm. and then um, self-medication through alcohol predominantly alcohol. Right. And my mother, um, I love her very much. It still can be a struggle at times because there's a lot of healing that's had to happen with me in order to do, to, to have a lot of forgiveness on that. But my childhood, there was, there was no particular lightning bolt that struck in my childhood, but mm-hmm. later in life, there was something, but my childhood consisted of, a, of emotional. Um, some physical, some other things that it also happened, but various forms of abuse. And so in my mind from a very young age, I believed that I was not worthy of love unless it included some pain and some conditions. Mm -hmm. And that pattern repeated itself consistently over and over again through my teens and my early adulthood and even into my thirties. And, um, That was in the form of several uh, emotionally abusive relationships and with wounded men. And and I, too, I Mm. wasn't just the victim. I was perpetuating what I saw in my family, which was a lot of complaints, a lot of complaining, a lot of instigating and a lot of doing this really terrible, traumatizing, um, dysfunctional dance. And so I was participating in it as well. I take full accountability for that. A lot of it, I was not aware. I, you know, I just wasn't aware. I started. Yeah, I wasn't aware of what was actually happening. And um, it wasn't right. really until the recession happened of 2007, 8, 9, like that time period happened that I really started experiencing the biggest hit of it. And I started becoming accountable or at least started waking up to the realization. Like that's really kind of when my spiritual journey started to kick in, but it took a few years to really kick in. And it was like, it was like, um, three years of the dark night of the soul of my life. (laughs) I mean, as if the first part wasn't that dark, it was pretty dark, but it was three years of that. And on the outside, a lot of people thought, Oh, Christina, she's just so happy, you know, or she's so much fun to be around. And, but I, inside I was, there was so much stuff like pretty messed up inside. And I went through my own struggles with alcohol Um, I don't consider myself as an alcoholic, but I became kind of a binge drinker and I Mm -hmm. I started seeing that dependency on it and, um, and just kind of, there was just like this dance that's continued to happen, but I started waking up to what was happening. And that was through, um, working with a life coach and just different things like that, that opened me up to that, to seeing the patterns,
0: This story that you have shared with us is almost a universal story and not in the details of it, but in the themes of it, Mm -hmm. we get trained and taught and educated and programmed into a particular mindset. And as you're describing this experience that you had early on in your family with the alcohol and the self-medication and the dysfunctional, patterns and that word dysfunctional I mean everybody's got dysfunctional patterns somewhere in their life right (laughs) yeah but there came a time for you where through through different experiences and different influencers in your life that you became aware Mm -hmm. of a really powerful concept I'm just going to label it simply choice yeah what's the importance of that word for you in your transformation? What what have you learned about that?
1: Well, I've learned that I have a choice in who I am and how I choose to feel. You know, I, I very much can recall so many years of, of living from this victim mindset that this was, why does this keep happening to me? Um, yes. And then when I realized that I had a choice in everything, I mean, through all choices, there are consequences. But we can choose. I mean, really, when I learned to choose myself, which that was really hard. I mean, there are many stories where like the universe, like life brought me opportunities to choose myself. But I kept kept putting myself in the back back seat, kept putting myself last. And then when I finally had a moment and I can recall the exact situation, but I had to choose myself and. I've been on this spiritual journey for over 10 years, but when I hit like 2017, January, I had a really difficult decision to make. I was with a partner who was an alcoholic who is now sober, mm-hmm. but who was an alcoholic. And it it I really firmly believe that I was brought this experience because I needed to be brought back to my childhood and rescue that little girl. But I was in this situation where there were also two other little girls involved that i was trying to protect them from knowing what was happening so by day everything was hunky dory by night it was like a whole other situation when the kids were in bed and i was trapped in this for a few years and i just kept settling for it it was just really there were so many other nuances about it but i needed to be in that situation so i could learn once and all once and for all what it meant to choose myself. So there was a lot of inner child work that was going on there. A lot of like finally choosing to care for myself and realizing the responsibility that I had to myself.
0: Mm. And also
1: realizing that by my choice of being there, I was also kind of enabling that to continue to happen. So the situation with them is dramatically improved. And my situation has too, because once I let go of that and chose myself, I went through set like six months of transformation and healing that just accelerated like beyond what I was accustomed to. I was accustomed to like the long, windy path. And from then on, it was like I truly made something, a choice that really aligned me with something like universal energy Mm. and for something (laughs) open up the floodgates. And it was like. This is what it means to choose yourself. This is what it means to honor yourself. This is what it means to love yourself first. I finally got it. I was struggling. I knew this. I was coaching people, I was helping, you know, people with their self-esteem and their confidence and how to love themselves, but it was like I, you know, I'm a human too and I was still on my journey of learning that. But when that choice was made in January, you know, it was New Year's January 2017, it was like everything just whoop changed and i mean wow. meeting a soulmate meeting someone who is my partner for life and my best friend and i know what it is to be loved unconditionally that i could screw up and i'm still loved i could be lazy one day and i'm still loved i could i could mess up on something and it's okay because i'm still loved because i love myself too so it was like i was able to finally recognize that in another person it's not just about like law of attraction of attracting that soulmate it's really about i love myself so when i see that in another person that they feel the same way about themselves and they're Mm -hmm. they're capable of doing the same thing with me of loving me the same way
0: right you've touched on something here that sometimes gets misinterpreted Mm -hmm. you know choose me Sounds so selfish.
1: Yeah, that's how I was raised. Right? Right.
0: <laughs> well, that's some of the traditional programming that I yeah. think gets in our way, because there's a there's a sweet paradox that I've noticed. And that is as we come to that realization, and it sounds like you've had a similar experience, it not only liberates you, but it puts you in a position to truly serve others. Mm-hmm. In a more powerful way, to be there for for yeah. your partners, for your children, for the the important people in your life and everyone who would never have even connected to you if you'd have stayed stuck in your tight little shell,
1: yeah, absolutely yeah that was a that was a really tough lesson, and you're going mm-hmm. against the grain with that one because as you said it I was also conditioned to believe that acknowledging my feelings, wants, and desires was a selfish act that I should put Mm -hmm. other people before me. And so that left me with terrible boundaries and feeling like a doormat and then getting resentful and having, you know, my own anger. There was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of anger inside, anger that was rooted in pain that had to be felt through in order for me to release that. And sometimes, you know, I still, it's not anger anymore. The pain is still there, but I understand it. And I, I, I have genuine compassion for the person that experienced that. And it, it has opened mm-hmm. me up to have mm-hmm. compassion for others on that journey. Cause I can see, I can see and feel what they're going through. Right. Yeah.
0: Christina, you're a coach. When we come back from this little break that we're going to take here for just a moment, maybe you could coach us a little bit on wow. on what steps we can take to get there. Does that sound okay to you? Yeah,
1: that sounds great,
0: Love folks. To. This is Christina Medina at Live on Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. drpauljenkins.com and we're back Christina Medina at Live On Perpetrator. that just rolls you know every time I say your name I'm like
1: that's <laughs> well, so people cool are, people don't call me Christina they always call me Christina Medina
0: <laughs> so. Christina Medina yeah yeah it's like yeah. Amelia Bedelia kind of a thing. Yes,
1: exactly. I love that story. <laughs> well,
0: you know, and we were talking just before the show, too, about how as a child, you weren't so fond of all that because the kids would pick up on it, and, it yeah. and it's cutesy and you don't really want to stick out so much. Not at all. But now as a life coach, as an influencer, as as someone who runs a podcast, I mean, it's kind of handy now.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that that comfort with finding my voice and speaking like my truth, speaking what I felt called to speak and share with others, that is contradictory to that whole childhood of wanting to just not stick out because sticking out meant you're going to get in trouble for something like when I got attention, it was negative attention. So I wanted no attention. <laughs> uh, so the, the yeah. getting made fun of with the name, you know, I was like, don't pay attention to me.
0: Christina Medina, as a coach, Messi, I'm going to be using your whole name yeah. now too. As a coach, you have an opportunity to invite people into a little different way of thinking, maybe getting out of their own way. Yeah. There's some predictable ways that we do that, that we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to your story and just getting to know you a little bit, there you've noticed some consistent patterns where people get stuck, maybe not even feeling that they're qualified or or worthy mm-hmm. to, to have the experiences that would bring them the most joy in their life, or to feel anything, really. Yeah. What's been your experience with that and where would you lead us, or how would you coach us through that?
1: Well, I think the okay, so with my experience, I've noticed that many people that are afraid to feel their feelings are uncomfortable with being alone for very long without a distraction. And then when they are alone, mm. they have to have the television on or something on in the background to kind of distract them. Um but like spending time alone. And so that's where I would begin. I would first determine how much time do you spend with yourself? First of all, without other people around, without social media, without things to entertain you, but how much time do you spend in quiet alone? And most people, mm. <laughs> I would say, don't do it at all. Mm. <laughs> that is like zero because if they're not waking up immediately, rolling out of bed, taking care of the kids, helping their spouse, getting ready for work, doing all the checklist of everything they have to do in the morning, um, there's no time alone. Commuting, mm-hmm. then they're in the then they're in the action of of commuting in the world. And so you've got influences from all around you. So it's essentially what is your time with yourself without the influence of anything else? So I would, that's a first assessment. Like that's where we go because the biggest part of my healing was finally being okay with being alone. Because when I spent that time alone, I could go inward and start exploring what was going on in here.
0: I think maybe there's some fear about what we're going to find in there.
1: Absolutely. Feelings you don't want to feel. I call it going down in the basement and taking out the boxes of stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Which for is- the garage
1: sale, like what's in these boxes we've been shoving down there. They're not mm-hmm. going away.
0: And what are we going to do with them? Because yeah. either they're just going to pile up down there. or We're going to do something a little different with them.
1: Well, that goes back to your word choice.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the paradox there is that until we see it as a choice, it's not. And we just roll with whatever our programming is.
1: We're on the hamster wheel. We just keep rolling with the program, you know, until that lightning strikes, something happens. You know, there could be major things that happen or it could be something as simple as like starting to develop anxiety and panic attacks which force you to then um, seek out methods of, of, of like healing that. And people will switch to medication and things like that. But some of the things that have helped me the most was just returning to my breath. So that's another thing that we will address. Like, are you breathing? Because if you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain, you're not gonna think rationally anyway. You're mm-hmm. not gonna be grounded. You know, you're, you're just not gonna... Biologically, you're just not going to have enough oxygen going to your brain, like in, just in that alone. But then there's like all the other things that go with that too, because not taking um, in, in a suitable amount of oxygen will lead to anxiety. That will that's that's the cortisol, you know. That if we're going to speak about like things like that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel, you know, I I work with a lot of energy related things with my clients, and you know, I see breath as bringing in. It's a direct reflection of your ability to allow in abundance. Like if you're not breathing in, that's the simplest form of abundance that we were born into immediately is oxygen. So if you're not breathing in the air, then how are you supposed to attract abundance into your life? How are you supposed to align with that? If you're not even giving yourself what it needs to sustain itself in the simplest
0: like that, that first connection to abundance
1: you take
0: breathing. the first breath
1: when you're born. Right. Yeah. I, I'm thinking
0: about what you've already shared with us. So there's two components here that I'm picking up on. And one is really kind of giving ourselves permission to feel whatever we're going to feel. Yeah.
1: It's Instead so of important.
0: constantly running from it or hiding from it or trying to numb it or or avoid it. You're saying turn off the distractions. Mm -hmm. go inside. It's okay. Go down to the basement. It's not that scary.
1: (laughs) Turn on the light. (laughs) Turn on the lights and see what's
0: there. And really just allow yourself without trying to change it. Just allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling.
1: That's the key word or key words are not trying to change it. That's like an important step is don't try to fix it and change it. Just acknowledge it, embrace it and feel it and let yourself heal through that feeling, ride that feeling mm. wave. Because once you get in and explore it, you allow it to kind of dissipate out like into the ether basically. And that's the way I yeah. see it. Like I used to struggle with, you know, especially when I got on this spiritual journey, especially when I started my coaching, I had this idea that I had to be this perfect human when in reality, my vulnerability was the biggest asset to connecting with others and helping them on their journey. But I felt Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, that I had to be this perfect role model. And um, I would often hide how I really felt because I felt like it wasn't fair for me to share feelings with others. And I'm not talking about like in sessions, I'm just talking about out there in the world. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like I had to be a positive force all the time, but I was maybe like not feeling high. Like I felt lethargic one day or I felt tired a day, you know, and we have these waves of energy, waves of feeling more energetic one day, one another day, we need maybe a little bit more rest but I would not acknowledge those rest days and I would force myself to be energetic, drink another cup of coffee. You need to be positive. You know, you were going to have a good day today. You can't have a bad day, no bad days, you know? And this was just another, this was me not embracing and loving myself for who I am on this journey and feeling like I wasn't worthy still. And then masking that with like, I'm always happy
0: that acceptance of the full range of feelings that we get to have as human beings. There's something about that. First of all, I think it's an emotional guidance system. It helps us to know what we get to pay attention to, Mm -hmm. but it, it also has a liberating effect because we get it in our heads. You know, like you were saying earlier that I'm supposed to feel a certain way. Well, you're supposed to feel whatever you're feeling.
1: And it's okay. You're still lovable and wonderful. (laughs) You're allowed to have a bad day. It's okay. If you try to hide the fact that you have a bad day, it's just going to perpetuate the bad day. Just embrace it. Love it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Figure out. And that's the other thing that, you know, like in speaking of practical terms, well, what's going on with this feeling? Is there something I'm not doing? And usually, am I not honoring myself in some way? Right. Am I you know, am I being weak with like my boundaries? Am I letting, you know, over, over exerting myself for the needs of others and not caring for myself? You know, that's, there's a a lot of that feeling that we're afraid to look at is because we don't want to realize that we're turning our back on ourselves.
0: Or face the responsibility that we have to create our own life. Instead of letting it just push us around or going into you referred earlier to the victim mindset where we stay trapped or stuck in this Mm -hmm. place. And then we just continue to avoid our feelings. So, yeah, you know what? This is good news, Christina Medina, because (laughs) you don't have to take on some huge project to fix this,
1: who you are. I love what you're saying. Not a huge project.
0: It's really more of an acceptance that you're already who you should be. Yeah. And, and there's always opportunities for growth and learning and development. And I think, I think this is a key though. And in a lot of the clients that I've coached over the years, getting stuck in that victim mindset is what stops them from, accomplishing or achieving the things that they think would make them happy.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're a victim, then you don't, I mean, it's never going to happen for you the way you want it because there's so many external forces that govern what happens in your life. Like, you know, then you can just, right. you know, it's the most uncomfortable easy way out I've ever experienced. And <laughs> you mm. just, you know,
0: there's, there's such an interesting dilemma. We got it wrong in, in the old way of thinking, you know, that success will make me happy, whatever success is. Right. And we know from the research we've done in psychology that there's a correlation between every measurable aspect of success and happiness. But it's not that success brings happiness. It's that happiness brings success.
1: Absolutely, it's Absolutely. the other way around.
0: All that is available to you when you choose, like you said earlier, to to create your own life, to realize that you're the one who's doing it, and to start doing that more intentionally on purpose.
1: Yeah, and I mean that is how I transform my life is is deciding who it was I would want it to be, deciding where I where it is I want to go, and and what type of version of myself, should I, you know, like, would I want to be in order to get yeah. there? Like, what yeah. does that look like? And and so that's another, um, that's another um, sort of step that we take in in, in my practice with my clients is yeah. we envision we, I call it like the next level version of you, this, um, and I play around with words too, because as a mm-hmm. child, I was very interested in science fiction. And so I, I call it, you know, like me or you in an alternate reality, let's tap into that version of you and how would they approach the day-to-day situations, you know, right. that way it gives them a chance to kind of mentally try on another perspective and feel right. that feeling out. And maybe that doesn't feel right. So, okay, well, let's alter this a little bit. And maybe this is more in line with the character you want to take on because I, I do feel, you know, we are a beautiful spirit, having a human body experience, having a human experience. And so with that is, you know, there are certain aspects of our soul and our spirit. And I, I tend to lean over towards the very spiritual aspects of all of this kind of work, but You also are a personality and you can choose your personality. You can choose the characteristics of your personality and you can create this person. I created this person. The person I am now is... There are aspects of myself that I've kept, like the creativity, the love of like imagination and and taking time to imagine and just have fun and play with that. So those things from my childhood, you know, the daydreamer side of me. But in terms of like this Christina Medina person, Mm -hmm. I'm I've created this person. Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: And and the good news, folks, it's available
1: everybody and it's free honestly it's like, you can do it you can start, and you can start today <laughs> oh this is fun christina
0: yeah. medina how do we connect to you i know you've got a website yeah. i think it's called mindset to manifestation
1: you got it com. yeah that's my website that's my podcast also and, and the podcast, tell
0: us really quickly about the podcast and uh, what they're going to get there.
1: So my podcast, I try to keep it what I call very lo-fi. It's I have a lot of riffs where it's like I'm walking around New York City and I get, it depends on how you look at it, an upload, a download, an epiphany, whatever. I get these insights because I'm always churning through my mind. Like, how can I turn it this- off? How can I position this idea in a way that people can digest it easier? So, and also my own things, like as a human in the world living in New York City, things that I experience in ways that I overcome them because. For me, I, I the podcast is about my human experience. Yes, I'm a coach. Yes, I'm a mentor. Yes, I do Reiki, but I'm also still a human living in a in a, a world with other humans, right, and right. I also live on one of the most dense islands in the world, Manhattan. So <laughs> there's a lot going on there too. So the podcast is about like vulnerability, me sharing, other people sharing, um, tapping into those insights, and sharing like ways that other people can do the same
0: so just oh, very down to earth. yeah so again the the title is mindset to manifestation and you get that from christina medina <laughs> website uh mindset to so that's where you can connect to our our delightful guest today christina thank you so much for yes. the contributions you've made here
1: thank you i am very honored and what a beautiful way to spend my birthday thank you so much
0: and happy birthday as Thank well. You. Folks, you've heard it from Christina Medina herself. <laughs> it's time now for all of us to go live on purpose.